Are you a current or future physician assistant wanting to learn more about finances? Then join me on this journey to become a PA the FI way. Hi, my name is Kat and I'm a practicing certified physician assistant who will be your host. It took me five years after I started practicing medicine as a PA to thoroughly dive into my personal finances after I discovered the concept of financial independence. I want to use what I have learned to help you avoid some of the financial mistakes that I have made while sharing some of the financial wins that I have had along the way. Join me as we discuss financial strategies to guide you to becoming a physician assistant on the way to financial independence. so excited to dive into today's episode. But before we do so, a quick word from our sponsor. Deciding how and when to pay off student loans is not an easy decision for most. Many of you are feeling weighed down by your mortgage-sized student loans and are asking yourself, how did I get into this mess? Student loans contribute to stress and burnout for PAs, as well as other high-earning professionals. Many PAs, even with the best of intentions, unfortunately make poor financial decisions on their student loans. Look no further than studentloanadvice.com. For a few hundred dollars, they will meet with you for about an hour. They'll go over your personal student loan situation and help you come up with a plan for optimizing your student loan management. Find out how much they can save you today at studentloanadvice.com PAFI. And if you are interested in learning more, check out the PA The FIWay Podcast, episode 42, where Andrew, one of the co-founders, joined me as a guest. Otherwise, head over to studentloanadvice.com slash PAFI. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to the PA The FIWay Podcast. I'm your host, Kat, and I'm so excited that you are able to tune in for today's show. Whether you are a current PA, a future PA, or the spouse of a PA, or perhaps just stumbled upon this podcast and you aren't even a PA, but find the information helpful, I'm so glad that you're taking the time to listen to the content so you can better yourself and build wealth for your future. This episode is airing on New Year's Eve, so I hope that you all have had a wonderful Christmas and holiday season as well. I completely recognize that the holidays can bring up some emotions or can be triggering for some people because of whether it's past trauma that they've had over their lives around the holiday season, or perhaps people are dealing with grief or loss or things like that. The holidays certainly can be a very difficult time of the year, but I really hope that you are able to find some joy and spend some time with those ones that you do cherish and love in your life. I'm actually recording this episode in the evening of Christmas Day, and the reason why is because my husband, myself, my sister, and brother-in-law are planning on leaving tomorrow morning to head up north for some ice fishing, and we're really excited because this is our first trip of the year. We're probably going to be gone for about a week, so I wanted to get this episode in even though it's on Christmas. We've already celebrated, and I wanted to make sure that I was able to record this episode because this episode is all about celebrating you guys. With the new year coming up, it is a wonderful time of the year to reflect both on all of the financial wins that you've had over the course of this past year, as well as to think about and contemplate what types of financial goals you will hopefully have for the next year of 2022. 
So I requested that if anyone wanted to be featured on the show to reach out and let me know what some of their wins and goals are so that we can join in celebrating with each other. I think looking back at all of your financial wins for the year really can show you all of the progress that you have made and it can really make you motivated to continue to push forward in pursuing financial independence. You guys have heard me talk about tracking your net worth in personal capital before, and I will make sure to include the link to the blog post about tracking your net worth in personal capital in the show notes so you guys can read it if you're interested. But it truly is amazing to see when you increase the time frame to look back over the course of the past year and see how far your net worth has increased over that time. It can be so easy to forget how far you've actually come. So if you haven't looked recently, not only at your net worth, but again, how much it's increased in this calendar year or over the course of 12 months, go ahead and do that. Even if your net worth is still negative because of different types of debt, whether it's student loan debt, mortgage, consumer debt, car debt, etc., it still can be incredibly motivating to see that it is continuing to increase and creep up towards zero again so that you can work on building your wealth into the positive in the future. So I had some people reach out to me to celebrate their financial wins of the year 2021, as well as share some of their financial goals for 2022. And it's really fun because the people who reached out come from different areas in the sense that one is a PA student, others are practicing PAs, and one is even the wife of a PA. So it's really fun to hear their different perspectives. So let's start with the PA student that reached out first. Her name is Jada. And on Instagram, she goes by becoming APA, and there's an underscore between A and then the PA. And it's fun because we found out that we both will be getting our education for PA school at the same program. So she's currently at DMU, and I went to DMU back a few years ago. So Jada said that one of her financial wins for 2021 was that she paid off her car loan early and that she will no longer have any car payments. So that is absolutely amazing. It really takes a lot of diligence and dedication to try to pay off a loan of any type early. It can be so tempting to spend your money on so many other things, but it can be very relieving when you have a debt paid off. I know I've shared before about one of my biggest financial mistakes was leasing a car, and currently we don't have any car payments. We've paid our cars off in cash, and it feels absolutely great not having a car payment. And I absolutely do not care driving a little bit older of a vehicle and not having a car payment. It feels absolutely wonderful. She then says that her goal for next year is to take out the least amount in loans that will get her through PA school. And this is incredibly wise. Again, it can be somewhat difficult, somewhat of a challenge to try to figure out how much in loans that you will actually need. If you are a PA student or currently in PA school and you are kind of wondering about this information, I encourage you to go back and listen to episode 45 when I had Evan and Ginger on the show from PA Money Sense and they talk about how to budget for PA school. One of the tips that they shared that I thought was a really good one was that if you are a PA student, try to talk to others in the PA class ahead of you to try to get a ballpark of how much they spent in each of their years of PA school. Now, again, everyone can be so incredibly different and also you may not feel comfortable necessarily asking, you know, kind of a random person in the class above you if you don't know them very well. But whenever I ask a question that 
I perceive that the person may feel uncomfortable answering, I always preface it with something to the effect of, okay, I do have a question about something and I completely understand if you do not feel comfortable sharing a very in-depth answer, but if you wouldn't mind at least sharing what you feel comfortable with, then that would be great. And some people will feel absolutely comfortable and just open up and not think that the topic is taboo whatsoever. Others may say something to the effect of, you know, I don't really remember, or I just don't really feel comfortable sharing that information then they might not. And don't take it personally. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But I would say more often than not, people will share a lot more information than what you would give them credit for initially. Additionally, it's also important to make sure that you try to have an emergency fund built up just in case you do have car problems or any other types of expenses that may pop up. And it's advised to have three to six months worth of living expenses set aside in an emergency fund, even if you are a student. I also think that it can be difficult to really narrow down how much you will need for your second year of PA school, which is often the year of rotations for people, because there can be so many variables. And those variables can include that you won't know where in the world you're going to be ending up for rotations. So if you have rotations in different parts of the country, you might have to take a road trip there, which can lead to expenses with gas or hotel stays or even flights. Or I was able to have an international rotation in St. Lucia for a couple of weeks. So that ate up the cost for a flight. One of my classmates went to South Africa. Another went to Dutch Harbor, Alaska. So you can see that we were literally all over the world for parts of our rotations, which was amazing. But certainly those were more expensive than rotations where I was able to stay at home with my mom or others were able to crash with other friends or family as well. Sometimes for a rotation, you might have to pay rent. Other times they may provide housing. Even on the rotations where I did stay at home, some of them were an hour away and I would have to commute and spend the money in gas. Unfortunately, during PA school, it can be somewhat difficult to narrow down and pinpoint where your rotations will be with a fair amount of notice ahead of time. Sometimes there can be like last minute changes or you might not know where your rotation is going to be in the next couple to a few months or sometimes even a couple to a few weeks. And then it could be kind of a surprise to you of where you're going. So flexibility certainly is a trait that you need in PA school as well as working as a PA. But if you are able to have some of an idea of where in the world your rotations will be, and there were others in the PA class ahead of you, try to reach out to them and see if they would let you know about how much they spent during that rotation or if they would have any insight as to affordable housing options. So I want to commend Jada as well as all of the other PA students that do take the time to take a listen to the show. Back on episode 30, I interviewed a PA student on the way to financial independence who was named Alex. And if you are looking for some motivation as a PA student, you definitely need to listen to that episode. But I really think it's amazing that you guys are trying to fit some financial literacy into your education as well, while you are also being educated on how to become a PA. You guys are going to be so far ahead of the curve when you graduate from PA school because you likely will have less debt, because you were mindful about your spending. But even though your debt may be a decent amount, you will likely be motivated to pay off those student loans as well as invest for your future too. So you guys are absolutely amazing. 
way further ahead than I was in PA school. I was not financially literate at all. So good job, guys. The next person that I want to celebrate is actually the wife of a PA. And they have an Instagram account together that's called Frugal Fadul. I think I'm saying that last part right. But after the word frugal, there's an underscore and then it's F-A-D-D-O-U-L. And her name is Bridget and her husband's name, who's a PA, is Michael. And they have really been on a debt-free journey. In the beginning of December, they shared that they are debt-free now, which is absolutely amazing. They paid off $254,412 over the course of four years and six months. So congrats, you guys. That's so wonderful. But Bridget shares that they just paid off the last of the PAC student loans. So Michael's student loans. I'm sure that feels amazing, not only for Michael, but also for Bridget, his spouse, because we all know that those spouses do feel the burden of our heavy student loans too. And in this past year, $65,000 of it was paid off in this calendar year, which takes a ton of dedication. That's absolutely wonderful. In addition to paying off their student loans, in addition to paying off the student loans, they also invested 5% as well over the past year. So psychologically, it can help a lot of people to really try to get out of debt. But mathematically, it's really good that you're also investing over the time that you're trying to pay off that debt too. Because if you don't invest while you're paying off debt, then you lose the precious time that you have that compound interest needs to accumulate over the years. So that's wonderful that they were able to invest as they're paying off their debt. So congrats, you guys. That's absolutely great. And I really hope that your story is motivating to the listeners. The next person that we're going to celebrate today is one of my friends, Molly, who reached out and we met in PA school. And now both she, as well as a couple other of my PA school friends will periodically get together and not only catch up about our lives, but talk about personal finance and financial independence, which is so fun. So definitely make sure that you try to have some people in your life that are able to talk about these things. I know it can be somewhat difficult to find people with same interests, but it really is fun and motivating if you're able to do that. But she reached out and said that one of their financial wins for 2021 was that she and her husband paid off one of her husband's student loans for the year. So that's a wonderful milestone. It's so satisfying when you get that check, so to speak, and you can move on to the next thing that you're working on paying off. Then her financial goal for the year 2022 is that she's hoping to invest more and open a Roth IRA. So if you are able to invest more over the years, that's absolutely great. Often a lot of the contribution limits, meaning the most that you can contribute to different retirement accounts can increase over the years. For example, 401k contribution amount increased for next year. Same with an HSA, but I don't believe that the Roth IRA contribution amount did increase, unfortunately. But if you're able to try to max out those accounts, if you're able to, again, it depends upon where you are at your stage with saving and investing and paying off debt, even increasing your amount of investing like 1% or a few percentage points can really help. A lot of retirement accounts through your employer, like 401ks, will have an automatic increase where they will just automatically increase it by 1% every year up until a certain point. Sometimes it's like 10%, but you can go in and adjust that and increase it whatever percentage you want. You don't have to just 
let it stepwise increase slowly over the years. I encourage you to try to be aggressive if you're able to. If all of this information is a little bit new for you, again, about paying back debt, investing, different retirement accounts to invest in, or different types of accounts in general to invest in, I encourage you to go back and listen to episodes 11 through 13, because I talk about emergency funds, paying back debt, investing, index funds, HSAs, which are one of my favorite types of accounts, 401ks, Roth IRAs, Roth conversion ladders, backdoor Roth IRAs, etc. So those episodes definitely cover a lot of information. But Molly likely has an employer retirement account, such as possibly a 401k. Sometimes it could be a 457b or a 403b, depending upon what type of employer you work with. So she's probably already saving and investing through her employer. But the Roth IRA, IRA stands for individual retirement account. So that's something that you as an individual actually would have to open up. And the Roth component means that it's after tax, meaning when you get your paycheck after it's already been taxed, then you take that money from your paycheck, you know, from your bank account once it's been deposited, and then decide to open an account to invest it in there. But the cool thing is, is that it grows tax-free. And if you follow the rules correctly of when to be able to withdraw it, you don't have to pay taxes on all that growth from that compound interest over time. So that's why Roth IRAs are so magical, so to speak. There are income limits, meaning that if you make too much money, you can't contribute directly to a Roth IRA. So in those episodes that I mentioned earlier, go back and listen about how higher income earners can contribute to those by the backdoor or the backdoor Roth IRA. So congrats to Molly and her husband for taking the initiative to both pay back student loans as well as trying to focus on investing more in the year 2022 and taking advantage of a Roth IRA account. That's absolutely wonderful. And then there's one more person that reached out to me. Her name is Hannah, and she shared some financial wins of 2021. So first I want to read what these wins are and then we can kind of break them down a little bit further. But she first said that she invested $22,467 into her 403B, $5,000 into her Roth IRA, and paid $20,000 to loans. So that is absolutely amazing. That all adds up to $47,467 towards increasing her net worth by both investing as well as paying down loans. So that takes an incredible amount of dedication and focus to be able to do that. So congratulations, Hannah. That's completely amazing. Definitely some goals to aim for. I actually reached out to her about a follow-up question because she said that she invested $22,467 into her 403B. And it's always been my impression that the contribution limit, again, meaning the most you can contribute to that type of account, was the same as a 401k, which for 2021 was $19,500. And so I kind of asked her, like, was that over the course of a couple years or, you know, what was kind of the deal with that? And she said that she was able to contribute more because her company has a minimum contribution required by employees, but that is exclusive of the max contribution somehow. And she did discuss with her rep from her brokerage So she, you know, feels like she double checked, did her research and everything like that. 403Bs often are with nonprofits. So she works for a nonprofit hospital. And I'm not very familiar with the nuances of nonprofit organizations, for example. But I did a little bit of research about this. And it seems as though sometimes different plans allow for different things. 
So I saw something that might be this, but I'm not exactly sure. But this is on the IRS website, and it says that if an employee has worked for a qualified organization for 15 or more years, may, if he or she meets certain requirements, be able to make an additional contribution of up to $3,000 for up to five years. So maybe that's what it is. She looks pretty young. So I kind of doubt that she's been working as a PA for 15 years, but maybe this rule is something to the effect of like, if she's going to be there for at least 15 years and contributes up to $3,000 extra for five of those years, maybe they'll let you keep it. Again, I'm not exactly familiar with these nuances because I'm not a financial expert, meaning that I'm not a CPA or a CFP. But regardless, Hannah's absolutely killing it with the amount that she's able to invest for her future, as well as pay back on her loans over the course of a year. So if there are anyone familiar with what this is, I am pretty curious about this. You can definitely send me a DM on Instagram at PA the FI way, or reach out through the Facebook group that we have, or you can send me an email at kat at pathefiway.com. I am pretty curious about this aspect just because, again, I'm not very familiar with it. And I think that's a pretty cool benefit that she has, regardless of what the nuances are of it. So, and again, she was able to contribute $5,000 into her Roth IRA for the year. So when she takes it out in the future, after it's been in there for many years, as long as she does not take it out too early and pay penalty and taxes on it, or if she does take it out early and follow the proper steps to doing so, so she doesn't have to pay penalties or taxes on it, then that growth is tax-free for many years to come. So Roth IRA accounts are wonderful. And again, to be able to pay $20,000 in loans over the course of a year, that really takes a lot of dedication too. So I know many in the financial community can really harp on trying to get back to debt-free where you don't have any debt. But truthfully, my perspective is to try to build wealth. And that can include having some debt while you are aggressively investing. Because right now, the returns are really great if you are investing in low-cost broad-based index funds. So if you are only focused on paying back debt, then you're kind of losing out on the power of compound interest. So again, it really depends upon your goals and where you are in your life, as well as your partner's goals too, if you are in a relationship. So there's so many things to consider, but the main thing is that you really take charge of your finances and take initiative to learn all you can. My sister got me the book that I was really hoping for for Christmas, which is The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. And I can't wait to dive in. I haven't read this book yet, but I've heard it's absolutely wonderful. So there are so many different types of books and resources out there, whether it's blogs or podcasts like this one, to really take the time to learn this information for yourself because nobody cares about your finances as much as you do. It can seem completely overwhelming when you're first doing it, but it's kind of like PA school where repetition, hearing the same thing over and over again, reading the same thing over and over again, soon you learn to understand the language and be able to think critically for yourself. So give yourself the gift of financial literacy this holiday season, as well as for years to come, both your future self, your spouse, your current or future kiddos will really thank you. So I hope you all have a wonderful and safe, happy new year and celebrate another year in the books with your financial wins for the year, as well as looking forward to the year to come. And thank you for 
those who participated in celebrating the financial wins for 2021, as well as sharing some of your financial goals for 2022. You guys are awesome. And it was really fun. I really enjoyed this episode and I hope that the rest of the listeners did as well. Now wish us luck ice fishing. It's always my sisters and my goal to outfish our husbands. So fingers crossed that we do that. Take care and I'll see you back here next week. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope that you decide to continue to join me along this journey of becoming a PA the FI way. Please take a moment to press the subscribe button on the platform that you are listening to this on, but more importantly, consider sharing with another current or future PA that could benefit from the information that we reviewed in this episode. Take care and have a great rest of your day. Until next time.